time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, happy Friday to you. It is November the 17th. And, you know, the leaves are all but gone from the trees here up in the Ozark Mountains and reminds us that seasons change and um, so should we. That sounds like a 60s song, doesn't it? But uh, but seriously, we should always be changing, always be growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I heard Billy Graham once say that a Christian, being a Christian is like riding a bicycle. If you stop, you'll fall over. And so we always have to keep moving, keep growing, keep learning, keep understanding, keep broadening our comprehension of God and the Christian life and, and what happened to us at the moment of salvation. And that's what we're talking about at the Vintage Truth Podcast this time because we're in a series on discipleship and what it means uh, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, what it means to be a follower of Christ. Uh, not all of what happened at salvation we're covering right now, uh, but we're, we're going to get into that uh, here before too long. We're going to get into Ephesians 1 here in a future broadcast series, but uh, but we're talking about discipleship. And today I wanted to highlight a passage in Luke and his gospel in Luke chapter 9. Uh, it says in verse 23, and he was saying to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And we talked about a little bit last time about what it meant to take up your cross and be willing to die for Jesus Christ. It's not just a, a symbol or a metaphor. It's an actual command. In those days, men would take up their crosses on their way to be executed, to die. But there's, there's also not just the willingness to die physically, but there's also that death of self that we need to talk about because really the enemy that faces the Christian, the, the most threatening enemy that we face is not the devil. Okay. I mean, I hear people talking about rebuking the devil, which by the way is never found in scripture. Talk about people. They talk about binding Satan, which is never mentioned in scripture for believers to do. We think somehow that, that the devil is after us and stuff. Well, guess what? The devil is your enemy, and Satan is prowling about like a roaring lion, First uh, Peter tells us, seeking whom he may devour. But I have news for you. Now, this may come as a shock to you. You're not that important to the devil. I mean, who do you think that you are so important to the kingdom of God that the devil himself is going to go after you? Oh, that's how cru crucial you are to the kingdom. I got news for you. You're indispensable. You're not that important in the grand scheme of things. Now, his demons do come after us, and we'll talk about demonology in a future broadcast as well. But Satan and his demons are not your number one enemy. The world, we're going to talk about the world uh, next time, but the world is not your primary enemy, though it has a huge influence in your life. The person you need to look out for is yourself, yourself. And I told you, we're going to be doing a, a whole zombie killers themed broadcast, a series of broadcasts here. I'll, I'll talk about that out of my book, The Christian Zombie Killers Handbook, Slaying the Living Dead Within. That sin nature within you, we're going to talk about that. 
what it is, how it works, and how you can overcome it and have a consistent win in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But let's talk about Christ's call to disciples to deny ourselves. What does that mean? Well, we have to make a distinction here between denying self and self-denial, okay? Self-denial is you don't go back for a second helping. That's self-denial. Self-denial is you turn off the TV or stop watching a Netflix video so that you could get some studying done or so that you could, you know, do the laundry or get to bed earlier. Self-denial is different than denying self. Denying self has to do with the fact that you're rejecting the impulses of the old sin nature inside you. And in fact, Jesus says there has to be a death to self. In fact, there is a death to self when you become a Christian. And scripture tells us that in Romans chapter 6 that, that, we, that we died. That the old self was rendered powerless as far as having authority or a dominating influence over us. Now, the part of being a Christian is that we grow, just like being a baby, you grow and you understand more about what that means and you get stronger and you're able to do things your fifth year as a Christian than you were able to do your first year as a Christian. But it's all about that death to self. And when you were saved, your self was, was dethroned and crucified, no longer holding the reins to your life. That's what happened when you believed on Jesus, that genuine faith recognizes that there's a new master, <laughs> there's a new Lord, there's a new ruler in your heart and in your life. And so there is a, a symbolic bowing of the knee, a surrender of the heart and of the will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, none of us fully understands what that means at the moment of salvation. I didn't. But I did understand the fact that I was not supposed to be in charge anymore. And that's part of what Christ was saying to his disciples. You're not in charge anymore. My youngest son used to say to my older son when, when they were small, because the older one would obviously dominate the younger one or try to. He would say, you're not in charge of me. <laughs> hey, that's what we sometimes say to God. You're not in charge of me. But he really is if you're a Christian. So to say that Jesus is your Lord, the word Lord means boss, okay? To say he's your God means that he's your ruler, he's your master. He is in charge of you. That's what it means. And all the Christian life is merely a growth and understanding and practice and, and practical living as to what that really means. So let me ask you this question. Who's running your life? Who's making your decisions? Who's controlling and influencing your desires? I mean, I'm talking about on, on a daily basis. Who, who makes your family decisions? Who determined your, your time schedule this past week and how you spend it? Who plans your vacation? Who decides how you spend your money? Who determines whether or not you give to Christian ministries like mine or to your church, who, who decides that in your life? 
Who makes the call on raising your children? Who's in charge of your life? If you're a Christian, then the answer ultimately is the Lord Jesus Christ. And this concept is so simple that even a child can understand it. Simple, but not always easy, is it? Because we all struggle. You know why? Because we are used to running our own lives. And we like that. And Jesus says, you're not the Lord. You're not the master with your own disciples. I am the Lord and you are my disciple. First Corinthians 6 says you are bought with a price you're spoken for. You've been paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so if we want to be Christ's disciples, then we have to be willing on a daily basis to say farewell to self. We have to be willing to follow him and it be sort of a no turning back proposition. You know, the very first book I ever wrote after writing Bible studies for my youth group, because I couldn't find anything in the Christian bookstore that was worth anything spiritually for teenagers. I mean, I'd go to the Christian bookstore and it'd either be so cartoony and so insulting to their intelligence, or it would be so incredibly thick and boring. I just said, all right, I've got this theological education from Dallas Seminary. You know, I've got this connection to teenagers. I'll just write my own stuff. And so I did that. I did that for 17 years, just every week writing Bible studies and, and publishing them in-house in the church and giving them to my kids on Wednesday nights. And we'd go through the word of God together. So after a while, I said to myself, hey, maybe some other youth groups would like to uh, benefit from some of these studies. And so I sent a proposition, a proposal to 12 publishers back in the day when just any old author could do that. And and uh, 10 of them wrote me back and said, hey, thank you so much, but we're not interested. <laughs> and two of them got back with me and said, hey, this looks pretty good, you know. And um, they both made me offers, and I went with this one publisher, and guess what? That grew into a, a series of discipleship books. It was back in 1993, I think it was. Anyway, that first book was called No Turning Back, a disciple's journal, a disciple's guide on being a follower of Jesus Christ. No turning back. Very interesting, just a quick footnote, is that just a couple of weeks ago, I got an email from a youth pastor in Georgia who said, hey, do you know where I can find any of those old discipleship books of yours? I used those years ago, man. They rocked my students. I was like, yeah, I think I've got some in the uh, the massive warehouse here in my Ozark Mountain warehouse. So I shipped about 20 books out to this youth pastor and they're using them there and hopefully being blessed by God. But no turning back. You know that when the Spanish explorer Cortez landed I think it was in Mexico that he set fire to his own ships in the bay so that he could communicate to his soldiers that guys we're only moving one way in this thing we're moving inland as we've now landed in this new world and as his men watched their only means of retreat burn into the sea they knew there was only one way to go in this thing forward 
forward. And that's the way a Christian does. A Christian is not someone who just, you know, our Christianity is not like a coat in the closet we wear sometimes because it's a part of our accessories. It's not just our phone that we access when we need something. It's not just a comfort like sleeping under a blanket. Our Christianity defines our identity. And part of that identity is realizing that you have to purge your life of yourself daily because you're addicted to yourself. I'm addicted to myself. We're all born with this addiction. And all of our lives, it's it's a matter of reminding ourselves of God's truth and what he did for us at the cross to free us from this bondage to self. And Jesus says, well, if you want to be my disciple, self's got to go because there's only room for one on the throne. We're talking about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord? And yet you don't do what I tell you to do. I'm confused here, you know. Now, some of us still have a ship in the harbor, just in case we fall back on, we want to row back out to the ship for comfort for our old life. We feel the call from our old life. We feel the call from self to say, hey, isn't it more comfortable just being yourself? Because that's what the world glorifies today is being yourself. Be true to yourself. Listen to your heart. What does your heart say? It's the most horrible advice you could ever give anyone. Don't ever listen to your heart. Listen to what God, the Holy Spirit says in your heart and in your spirit. So I think sometimes we have this uh, almost like an unwritten, unspoken escape clause in our Christian faith. It's like, well, Jesus doesn't work out. I can always fall back on myself or my friends social network. It's like we have these unwritten prenuptials with Christ, still holding on to these things from the past, vestiges of the old self that are still hanging around. Things we hide in the hall closet of our minds under the mattresses of our soul, sins we thought we could still practice and still think of ourselves as a heaven-bound disciple. We try to serve God and people. We try to please God and people. Some of you listening to my voice are people pleasers. You know why? Because you get something, you get this feeling of worth and value when you've made someone else happy. You know, there are a lot of preachers like that. They're called ear ticklers. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. They just tickle people's ears. But some of you guys are are people pleasers. You need to worry about pleasing God and let people fall where they may. It's not that you're not nice to people. It's just that's not your motivation. Your job in life is not to make people happy. Your job in life is not to make yourself happy. Happiness is is a byproduct. Happiness is something that comes and goes, sometimes depending on your circumstances. But true joy comes from when you're really pleasing God, when you're dying to yourself and serving God. We, so we try to serve God and people. Sometimes we try to serve God and things at the same time. So things mean a lot to us. Our money, our stuff, our cars, our possessions, our phone, 
our computers, whatever it is for you, our clothes, what's in our closet, our shoes, you know, some people are just into stuff. God says, no, it's deny yourself. It's not about what you want. You can't serve God and self. Jesus says, my call to you as a disciple is an all or nothing proposition. I must be Lord of all of your life. It's not a suggestion. It's not something on the buffet table. God says, oh, like Thanksgiving dinner. Hey, hey, you want some of this? Yeah, yeah. You don't like those. You don't, you don't like the little onions? Then don't eat them. No, Jesus says, I'm, I give you all good stuff, but it's all for you to eat. It's, it's all for you to enjoy and to live in your life. That's his demand. He's the comfort that you desire. He's the healing you want. He's the escape that you crave. But he's also the Lord that you serve. And I once saw a bumper sticker. Bumper stickers, right? Who has bumper stickers anymore? I'm sure somebody does. Anyway, I saw this bumper sticker that, that read, Try Jesus. As if, hey, have you tried the mushroom Swiss burger? No, it's not. You don't try Jesus. It's not like the book of the month club or some household cleaner. There's nothing in scripture about trying Jesus. That's not commitment. No, true New Testament Christianity is more like jumping off a bridge. Now that's commitment. <laughs> I mean, once you jump, it's like <laughs> you're gone, man. You're, you're going down. That's commitment. Commitment. Something we don't even know what it means anymore in the church today. When's the last time you were called to commit? You know why? Commitment scares you. It scares you. You know why it scares you? Because you don't know God enough to know how much you can trust him. That's why commitment scares you. You, you feel safe committing to yourself because you know yourself. You know yourself would never betray yourself. Oh, I'll never betray me. I'll never hurt me. I'll never put myself in a situation that'll be too risky, but God might. So I have trouble trusting him, trust issues with God. Now, Jesus says, come follow me, a lifelong experience, an ongoing transformation. And when we do this, we find that there's a 100% blowback of joy and contentment. And we start to realize who we really are and what we're meant to be. And you and I know so many people in this world that are just trying Jesus. They're just testing him out, but he's not their real joy. I mean, look at them. Their real joy is getting likes on social media. Their real joy is pleasing themselves and living for themselves. Let me ask you a question. Who are you living for? Who did you get up for this morning? More than, more than yourself, more than your wife or your husband, more than your career or your education, more than to earn a paycheck. Why are you breathing right now? Why are you living? Jesus says, if you would come after me, you must deny yourself because yourself is only going to lead to more sin and more misery, and more death. And Jesus Christ says, but if you come to me, I guarantee you, I will lead you into life. 
you'll drink living water from me and you'll never thirst again. Hey, this whole idea of denying ourselves as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's a process. It's a decision. It's an initial decision. It's a daily decision, but it's also a process. And we grow in our understanding of it. The more we dive into it, the more we realize what it's all about. And that's why we have to stay in the word and stay connected to spiritual thinking. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, that no man knows the mind of a man except a man. No man knows the mind of God except God. But it says we have the mind of Christ. And because we are spiritual people, we can think spiritual thoughts now. And one of those incredible spiritual thoughts is the beauty of the release of ourselves over us and just letting go. But it's not just let go and falling back. It's letting go and allowing Jesus to be in control. That's what it means to have Christ as the Lord of your life. That's what it means in Ephesians 5, 18, when it says, be filled with the spirit means allow him to be in charge. Let him be in charge of your life today. Not just today, but tomorrow, the whole weekend. And we'll talk about another aspect of discipleship Monday morning. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.